And now it's time for Rod and Real Radio with your hosts, Hop Along John Cassidy, fresh and saltwater expert angler Stan Vanderberg, and all around outdoors fishing and hunting enthusiast Wendy Toshihara. If you love the outdoors, enjoy salt or freshwater fishing, yearn to wade in a high Sierra or Alaska stream, or just look forward to taking the kids out to one of our local lakes, chase trout, crappie, or bass, this is the show for you. We'll cover most all of the fishing tournaments and events with special reports while providing you with the information you need as to how and where to experience the best fishing opportunities in Southern California, Baja, Alaska, or just about anywhere the fish are biting. Rod and Reel Radio brought to you by El Cajon Ford at Broadway and Main or online at ElCajonFord.com. Whether it's time for a new or used car or truck or you need to take advantage of San Diego's best quick lane for service with genuine Ford parts, brand name tires at competitive prices, remember nobody beats El Cajon Ford. We have some fantastic guests and reports lined up for you this evening, so sit back, relax, and get ready for the fastest two hours in radio. It's all right here, right now, on Rod and Reel Radio, the best stop on your radio dial for all the information you need for fishing opportunities all over the United States. Now here's your host, Hop Along, John Cassidy. Thank you, Mark Larson and Southern California. Welcome to Rod and Reel Radio. We appreciate you taking some time off from this busy weekend we know you all had to listen to us here on Rod and Reel Radio. I know you're used to hearing many strange sounds when you're listening to Ron Real Radio. If you hear one tonight, especially right in back of me, it is the fan overhead trying to keep me cool. Hot, hot weather over here, but it equates into hot fishing. Again, welcome everyone. We got a great show planned for you tonight. John Campbell is going to be our first guest. He's going to be talking about the 2015 Marlin and Dorado tournament that'd be held out of the San Diego Marlin Club over the Labor Day weekend. We're going to get, want to get in on that. And then at the 6 o'clock hour, we have Western Pro Angler Mike Falkstad's going to be with us. We're going to go over Mike's career, find out what he's doing, what's in the future for him. You will be surprised when you uh, hear the accomplishments of Mike Falkstad if you are not already familiar with what he does. So Mike will be on with us 6 o'clock. And then at about 6.40 or so, Wayne Koto will be with us, and he's going to be filling us in on the Make-A-Wish Tuna Challenge. So we got a great show lined up, but before we get into it, let me introduce to you the co-host of Ron Real Radio. He is the voice of one hater on the bass boat. He's a great fisherman in his own right. He's been absent for the past couple of weeks, but he is here with us tonight, Mr. Stan Vandenberg. Stan, howdy. How you doing, buddy? Hi, everybody. Well, it's good to be back, although I have been pre-fishing here. I've got our Tournament of Champions coming up for uh, uh, this next weekend. It's actually a two-day event where you fish from noon to 6 the first day and then from 6 a.m. to noon on the second day. So it presents a little bit of a problem because these fish move so much and quit eating that I've been doing a little homework up there. I was angler of the year in the events, but... uh, that doesn't mean anything coming into this one. This one's <laughs> going to be real toughy, so it's going to, it creates quite the challenge. Uh, Stan, what tournament circuit is that with? That's with the ABA. All right. Yeah, up at Casitas, uh, you got to be locked off for the event, and um, you know your boat has to be clean and dry, and you have to have a cable, and you can only go there. You can't go anywhere else, and if you leave and want to come back, you got to re-qualify and get your boat uh, inspected and then take 30 days before you can even come back and go fishing wow. again. It's, uh, it's quite the ordeal. But once you get on there, it's, the fishing's been pretty doggone good. I mean, for the 
for the most part, and this has been from January even through now, to to have uh, to win uh, in any of the tournaments, you need 20 pounds or or better. Um, it's only been one or two tournaments that were were won with less than 20. I would say all year long. Pretty interesting. Pretty good weights. Hey, well, we'll hopefully get on to that later on. But let me introduce our audience to the. Other co-host of Rod and Real Radio, she has been letting no moss grow on our north north side with the fishing that has been taking place this season. She was off last week on a charter. She is with us tonight. She is the national sales manager for Iserline and represents many other fine products in the fishing industry. Miss Wendy Toshihara. Wendy, howdy. Howdy. Good evening, you guys. It's nice to hear your voices. It is yeah, great. well, you've been gone fishing, girl. Wendy, you've oh, been fishing. How's, what's your freezer looking like? Oh, my freezer's looking good. I've been catching and releasing a lot. Just uh, I've got another trip coming up on the Legends, September 17th through the 19th with Chuck. So I'm just kind of taking it easy, and it's hunting season, so I'm hoping to get a deer. So i got some room in the freezer for that. Yeah. <laughs> that is excellent. Hey, well, guys, let's get on to our first guest uh, you know, this is tournament season when it uh, seems to come on down here to a lot of the organizations here in San Diego. And one that's coming on up that has a rich tradition here in San Diego is with the San Diego Marlin Club. They've got, over the Labor Day weekend, their Marlin and Dorado tournament. And who better than to tell us some of the details and exactly what's happening is our good friend, John Campbell. John, welcome to the show, sir. Connected, I don't think. Just barely, barely hear you. Can you hear me? Yeah, we can hear you just fine, John. Okay, good. Uh, yeah, uh, coming up uh, Labor Day weekend is going to be a two-day tournament, the uh, 5th and the 6th, and uh, uh, with a barbecue and awards and raffle on the 7th. Uh, it's a Marlin and Dorado tournament. Uh, you know, one of the reasons, one of the reasons the Marlin come up here uh, in, in great quantity is because of Dorado. They love to eat Dorado and tuna, but uh, that's why we're getting uh, some good good Dorado, good marlin. Last week, a 250-pound uh, blue marlin was weighed in at the San Diego Marlin Club. Really? Nice. <laughs> yeah. Who caught so, that one? Uh, and then I th- I've heard four blue marlin were caught and released uh, north of Catalina this past week. Uh, I talked to uh, James Gowan of the... Uh, 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 back, uh, a Belleville Angling Club. So he was out fishing with us uh, yesterday with a whole bunch of the kids for, uh, from the Marlin Club and the Marlin Club Junior Tournament. Well, John, when it comes to a Marlin Tournament, tell us some of the specifics of this tournament because I know the Marlin fishermen, they're big on catch and release, so... How is this tournament yes. scored? How do you get points, and uh, how do you determine the winner? Okay, it, well, there's it's catch or release, largest or most marlin, which is the most marlin released, and you have to have a digital camera. You learn more more of the details at the captain's meeting on the uh, on the uh, on the fourth. Is it the fourth? Yeah, Friday Friday night the fourth. At 6 p.m. at the Marlin Club on uh, Shelter Island Drive, but there's a, there's a catch and release section 
uh, actually, you, you get you get points for them, and and uh, they'll give all those points and things. But you have to have a digital camera going, well, so you you can note that you brought the myelin up up to leader, and then and then released it, whether you tag it or not. That uh, that big of a deal. So uh, that's that's part of the the, the uh, myelin. Of course, if you, you bring them in, and you weigh them in, you get the, get the points for the marlin. Right. So I, I think what it is is for released marlin, it's 150 points. And then if you bring in and weigh a marlin, if it happens to be a big marlin, obviously you'll probably try to bring in your biggest marlin, that you get one point per pound. So yes. that, now how about on the Dorado side? That That's kind of a, a new wrinkle, isn't it? Yes, it is. The Marlin, the, the Dorado side is just uh, who catches the largest Dorado. Wow. You know, good thing, good thing it, uh, we're going for the largest. Actually, we're going for the largest uh, Dorado yesterday with the kids' uh, tournament. Uh, uh, the, the, the Marlin uh, members took out their own children on their boats, and we took, them, uh, we took 35 kids out on the premiere for a half day. But one of the, one of they caught one Dorado yesterday, Neat. and he got the prize for the largest Dorado. It was only three pounds and two ounces, <laughs> like a little cane knife. It's a marlin biter. <laughs> yeah, and, and marlin love to eat Dorado. You're not they kidding. That's a marlin Dorado. bite right there. Boy, now so hey, John, now, give you now a lot tell, of fun. yeah. Uh, Tell us, the, you know, what are some of the prizes that are up for grabs and what are uh, uh, some of the sponsors that are behind this? And uh, for the most part, uh, where are a lot of the proceeds uh, going to benefit from this event? Okay, yes. Uh, the, the proceeds are going to benefit the Arthritis Foundation and the, Mar- and the Marlin Club, which they, they do a lot of junior events and things, so all good good stuff. The... Uh, uh, Van Warmer Resort uh, is, is one of the sponsors. It's four four nights and accommodations, two people, Clyde uh, Del Sol, plus a uh, two days of fishing on a, on a standard cruiser, and the second prize is five hundred dollar gift card from Dana Landing. And you know, the fish can be great. They say fish can be laid in at Dana Landing or the Marlin Club, but uh, the San Diego Rod and Reel Club told me yesterday when they were weighing fish in their big fish is that there was a problem at Dana Landing with their scale. So we'll have to see what uh, develops in that situation. Hmm. Now, you know, John, talk a little bit about the Marlin Club because uh, people think that the Marlin Club is just here to for guys to go out and catch Marlin, but it actually performs uh, a, a more important function than that to the fishermen of San Diego. Yes, the Marlin Club has a, has a, a certified scale, and they they can weigh in fish any day of the week. And a lot of times they even have numbers on the on the door. They'll come down even at night. Uh, it's reasonable if there's anybody to get up and get down there. But uh, they have a it's a public weigh station for anybody, and. Uh, I mean, people have come down from uh, L.A. when they were down fishing and down in these waters, and they come in, it's fine. It's, uh, there's no charge to it. Uh, you get a great uh, picture with a, with, a, with a board telling who it is and where and all that good stuff. And, and they've been doing that at that location 
since 1954. And before that, they were down near Broadway. So they've been there for like 82 years. I mean, it's, a, it's an old club. Right. And, John, uh, if people want to find out uh, more about the upcoming Marlin Tournament, I know there are entry forms available yep. at Dana Landing and then also at uh, uh, Fisherman's Landing. I'll have entry forms here at Angler's Arsenal. But uh, uh, where can they uh, uh, find out more information? They can call the Marlin Club at 222-619-222-8677. Or they can call the director of the Marlin and Dorado Tournament. His name is John Ashley, and his phone number is 619-417-9393. And they're going to have a big raffle on uh, on, on, on Monday the, uh, what is it, 6th, 7th, Monday the 7th, at 4 p.m., the big barbecue and, uh, and, and raffle at the Marlin Club. Right. The uh, entry fee is $50 per person. If you uh, enter before, I think it's August 23rd, it's $60 yes. per person after that. Correct. And uh, two-man minimum per team, but you can have a bunch of guys on or, and women on the boat. Uh, and so, John, it sounds like it's going to be a fun time. It is, and uh, it's really a fun, uh, a great clubhouse with a lot of trophies. Going way back, uh, they've got a lot of a lot of people there who uh, have uh, world records, and uh, a lot of swordfish and marlin and so forth. And they keep records all the way back. Uh, you know, I can show you the record book, and it tells you how many mar- marlin were caught every year. It's kind of fun. All right, and actually, John. a lot of the a lot of the scientists come down and uh, get that information from us. Well, John, we want to thank you for being with us tonight to let us know about the Marlin tournament. Uh, we look forward to seeing you on the water, and thanks for the information. Yes, and uh, so I want to say hi to Stan and Wendy as well. <laughs> hey, John. Hey, John. <laughs> John, we'll be well, seeing you. Let me know when you're the... coming down. Hey, we'll be we'll seeing do. you uh, on the water, John. You bet. Thank you. Talk to you later. All right. Hey, you know, uh, last week was the 13th annual Young Anglers Tournament. It was held on the Shelter Island uh, Pier. It was a great event run by the Port of San Diego and the San Diego Sports Fishing Council. 150 kids came on out to fish that. And I know it's going to be important to all of them, so let me just give you the winners over there in the six-year-old division. Uh, It was uh, Duke uh, Kahai of San Diego in the 70-year division, Jake Marzi of Winchester. In the 8-year-old division, there was a tie between uh, Fernando Vasquez and uh, uh, Abel Llano. In the 9-year-old uh, uh, ninth, division, Ariana Padilla from San Diego in the 10-year-old <coughs> division. Eighth, uh, Ethan Myers from San Diego in the 11th, uh, 11-year-old uh, category. Andrew Padilla of San Diego, 12-year-old division. Brianna Lopez from Vista in the 13-year-old division. Seth Mose from Imperial Beach. And the 14-year-old division, it's Luke DeGuile from San Diego. And in the 15-year-old division, Thomas Arorzo from Union City. And, guys, the overall winner was a young gentleman, 10 years old, Ethan Myers of San Diego. He won the coveted top trophy which was his name in Boston, a perpetual trophy. 
and a special bone sculpture that was made for him by uh, Bob Cox, the bone carver. He uh, had uh, a number of sculpin and bass that he caught to one win the overall di- division. We tried to get uh, Ethan on the show tonight. Couldn't make the connection, but maybe we'll get him next week. Congratulations to all the Fish of the Youth Tournament. Thank you, and, and we hope you get a chance to make it next week. Hey, that's it for the first hour of Rod and uh, the first sample, the first segment of Rod and Real Radio. Stan, Wendy, and I are going to take a break right now, but we'll be right back with Phil Friedman. Stay tuned. You can count on El Cajon Ford, as so many Southern Californians have for years. El Cajon Ford has the cars and trucks you can count on, like the all-new Fusion and Escape, Edge, Explorers, and more. And now, Fiestas with 38 MPG and Focus with 40 miles per gallon highway, plus C-Max Energy with up to 42 highway EPA estimates. El Cajon Ford has them now. Shop online at ElCajonFord.com. Choose from hundreds of your favorite F-Series trucks, too. El Cajon Ford knows trucks no matter what you're hauling or towing for a great weekend of fishing or for some fun in the desert now get special savings on every f-series truck in stock 150s 250s 350s at el cajon ford we have commercial trucks too including the all-new transit connect finally a commercial van with great mileage helping your business get moving again el cajon ford worth the short drive from anywhere in southern california broadway and east main and el cajon or online anytime anywhere at el Gamakatsu hooks are made from high-grade carbon steel, specially heat-treated to make them light and extra strong but not brittle. The Gamakatsu sharpening process is the most modern in the world and results in a perfectly conical point that is unequaled in sharpness. Gamakatsu offers a huge variety of hooks for all types of fishing, drop shot, extra wide gap, worm hooks, finesse wide gap, and a lot more. Gamakatsu has a hook for whatever style of fishing you want to do. Don't waste your time on a cheap hook. Ask for Gamakatsu hooks at your favorite tackle store now. H&M Landing is the most diversified sport fishing company on the West Coast. Serving the angling community since 1935, H&M Landing's name recognition and reputation for customer service is the best in the business. The H&M fleet provides the widest range of trip options and boasts the coast's largest open party fleet. For ocean fishing any time of the year, H&M Landing should be your choice for nearshore and offshore fishing. H&M is San Diego's most experienced sport fishing company, offering the best in half-day, three-quarter day, full, and multi-day trips, and a complete schedule of long-range adventures. Call today, H&M Landing, 619-222-1144, or visit their website at www.hmlanding.com for updated schedules and secure online booking. H&M Landing, the experienced angler's first choice in local and multi-day fishing since 1935. That's H&M Landing at 619-222-1144 or hmlanding.com. 2015 and 16, Quantum Fishing's gone and done it again for you with the brand new redesigned Smoke PT Reel Series. Everything from your spinning reels all the way to your bait casters, the PTA design has new PTXA frame, lighter, stronger, bone crushing drag, Quantum Fishing. We are performance tuned. Check them out at Angler's Arsenal in La Mesa or anglersarsenal.com or give us a call at 619-466-8355. 
This segment of Ron Real Radio is brought to you by the makers of the original balloon fishing clip system, Balloon Fisher King. Now you can fish the precise bait depth desired with these easy-to-use clips and 100% biodegradable natural latex balloons. All you do is clip, inflate, bait, and fish. Look for Balloon Fisher King clips and balloons at your local tackle dealers or go to balloonfisherking.com for further information. It's a big deal, you know. I've always wanted to be on Rod and Real Radio Line. <laughs> I won the Bassmaster Classic. I did a, a McDonald's commercial, but now I know I've made it. I fulfilled my dream. <laughs> I mean, that is just absolutely awesome. We do indeed want to welcome you back to Rod Real Radio. Well, Stan and Wendy, what do you think? Do, do you think people are tired about hearing or talking about this? This great tuna fishing we've been having off our coast here for it, it seems like the past six months. Heck no. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you go into a tackle shop, and the only thing you hear is, you know, what pound this and how big is that, and make sure I got the right hooks for this, and what about if we we run into that big stuff, and I'm going to have I'm going to take everything from twenty to eighty, and I mean the enthusiasm is off the hook, uh, and you can't blame anybody for. You know, the long-range guys are, you know, where do they go? They, they can go 30 miles south of San Diego, and there's the, they call it the desert, for about 130 miles, and then they start catching them again. And everything's been up here. It's been phenomenal fishing. Well, let's, uh, let's get clued on exactly on what's happening with this phenomenal fishing. We have with us the voice from PFO Radio. He's the host of Phil Friedman Outdoors. This segment is called What the Heck is Phil Thinking? He's here with us right now. Phil Friedman. Phil, are you getting tired about talking about the bite of 2015? Heck no, John. Great to be with you, Wendy. And no way, man. I mean, I've been uh, fishing these waters for over 50 years, John, and uh, I have never been more excited about a year than I am about this one. It is phenomenal. There's new surprises every single day. What more can you ask for out of your work than to get a new twist to something or a new catch or something new? And, man, all you got to do is wait about 30 seconds this year and something different pops up. Is that isn't the truth. I mean, most guys wait till September, I mean, November to go down uh, to Cabo San Lucas to get a blue marlin. And <laughs> we got blue marlin swimming up here off of Catalina. This is nuts. <laughs> Yeah, I have to agree. I mean, John, it's incredible, and we're we're seeing a lot of that again. In fact, here, here's what a crazy year this is. My son, Philip, my older son, who's 23, went out with the Freedom Boat Club just the other day and proposed to his girlfriend at the west end of Catalina Island. I mean, look how nuts people are this year. Let <laughs> me have that. That is something, man. Well, I mean, that's pretty romantic. you got to admit, Phil. Hey, I liked it. He, he uh, talked to me. I was in on the whole thing with him, and uh, he went out to the west end of Catalina Island, asked her to go up to the bow and get something. When she turned around, he was on his knee with a wedding ring, and unbelievably, she didn't show much uh, uh, in terms of being able to discern a good deal or a bad deal. She said yes, and the answer, John, I know what you're thinking. Stan, I know what you're thinking. Wendy, I know what you're thinking. Yes, they did catch yellowtail on the way back. They stopped out there. They stopped yeah, that's exactly the what I was thinking. They caught three big yellows on the way back. God, does she know what she's in for with a father-in-law? Oh, my God. Well, the father-in-law, I interviewed Philip 
the other day about this day. He spent about 10 seconds on the proposal, and then the rest was, man, these yellows, they were biting the 40-pound. You know, the big, I mean, he didn't have much. I, I wonder what she's in for with him. Oh, man. Well, you know, Phil, what we're seeing down here, and I don't know if you're seeing it up there out of L.A. in Orange County, is there's a lot of fish out there, but, you know, it is fishing. You can go out on one boat one day, and you can kill them, and then the next day you go out there, and you're really scratching. So it it's kind of a spotty bite. What are you hearing about uh, up in your neck of the woods? Yeah, John, I mean, that characterizes things perfectly. However... Today, that light switch went back up again. In fact, right now, the new Seaforth, half-day boat out of Seaforth, is starting to edge up toward about 80 elephants into the half-day boat this afternoon. The new Luan had a buck 30. The Grande just came out of a stop not long ago for 80 yellowfin tuna. The three-quarter-day boat, San Diego, a buck 66 on the elephant. My friend Buzz Brizen out on the Prowler was having a big day, relentless with 100-plus in one stop on the YFT. And the Oceanside 95 was having a great day. Several private boaters that we're in touch with and been working with are having big days. They're off Carlsbad, areas like that. So you're right. It's a weird year because there is so much fish, and you just assume that it's going to bite every single day. And you do run into these days where the fish just do not cooperate. You've got to drop down to some 25-pound fluorocarbon as opposed to the heavy string. But, man, that light switch popped up here this today, and it is biting, and it is biting good in the Fish up toward the east end of Catalina Island. There's a bank up there, the 152. Uh, that area looks exceptionally good. Over at Catalina Island itself, on the back side of the island, there has been some phenomenal fishing, John. Huge yellows, up to 40 pounds, 18 to 30-pound yellows, really chewing it up big time. The pursuit out of 22nd Street Landing in San Pedro has been all over those yellows. Last time I talked to John Woodrum today, he was up over half a hump, 50 yellows. And, uh, man, he says they are so tough and so big that you just have to hook them on 40-pound monitor to have a, a shot at it. And locally, out in front, you know, uh, we call that area the 150, out by the rigs there, or the 105, those areas. I mean, what a special day today. There was a little girl, Cameron, who was celebrating her birthday. Her dad took her out there, Dustin, and Dustin said, sweetheart, we're going to try to get you a yellowtail. Well, he didn't do that, um, unfortunately. He didn't get one yellowtail. He got three yellowtail for little Cameron, who celebrated her birthday by catching yellows. And while the sport fishing boats had a little bit slower day, um, let's see, uh, Sport King, 40 yellows, Native Sun, 23 yellows. And by the way, Stan and, and John and Wendy, I can't believe that I am I'm saying that the Sport King had a slower day with 40 big slug yellowtail. I, I, I can't believe <laughs> I can't believe we're at that point right well, when you now. Start but to, when you start telling people that the half-day boats are catching them and then, and then the three-quarter-day boats are on the yellowfin tuna, how big are these yellowfin, by the way? Uh, they're anywhere from, let's say, 15 to 40, the yellowfin. The yellow tail that are in this local area are 18 to 30. Beautiful fish, Dan. Well, you know, who would, in their wildest dreams, well, you know, normally these guys on the half day and the three quarter day, they're going to go out and catch sand bass and sculpin. <laughs> they're coming in with a thirty to forty pound tuna and, and yellowtail. This is crazy good, isn't it? It really is, and, and I got to tell you, there is so much yellowtail out there that if you're thinking about going tomorrow, I got to tell you, I think you're going to see boats 
local boats in the 40 to 100 plus range tomorrow because a lot of that small boat pressure is going to come off. It seems like there's plenty of fish there. Our friend Rick Fuentes from Florence, California, had a bunch of fish. Cruz Soto from Wilmington, California, had a bunch of fish. We just mentioned that uh, uh, Dustin out there with his daughter had fish. There's a lot of fish, a lot of bears, did a lot of fork out there, and it just looks like it's a powder keg that's going to go off again, and we see this same pattern every week, everybody. The, the pattern is you throw a lot of boats on it, and the bite comes down, the boat pressure comes off, and normally by Tuesday it's ripping again. Sometimes it comes right back on Monday and starts to bite. And that local fish is big, 40-pound monofluorocarbon, working best spring, 25-pound in case it is a little touchy, but it really is on the bite and biting good. And there's also been uh, some more kelps holding Dorado up toward the east end of Catalina. I forgot to mention that. Uh, not a ton, but more. It, you, I'm starting to hear more and more. The Western Pride down there out of Davies Locker had, I believe, about 20. Hung the whole boat when he went on the kelp and got about 20 of those Dorado off of that. So some more flatheads starting to move up. Water temps warm at 75 degrees. And we haven't really mentioned, but, John, the marlin bite this year, the striped marlin bite is phenomenal. Really good up west of the west end of Catalina. There's some boys up there that have had seven fish, eight fish, nine fish days. They've had 20 fish sightings in a single day in Southern California. That doesn't happen every single year. And it underlines and emphasizes just how special 2015 really is. Now, I'm noticing, too, uh, uh, Phil, that in the counts, guys are seeing at first they were thinking they were albacore, but there's actually some big eye being caught in the middle of all these yellowfin tuna that we're seeing. Yeah, and that doesn't surprise me either. Of course, you know, there's really warm water. You do see the big eye when uh, when you have this warm water. And who knows? We might even see more and more of that, John. I mean, there's more skipjack starting to show up also, which is an indication of warm water, which uh, I don't think we needed the skipjack to tell us that the water is warm. But it's just an indication that we're into this tropical kind of a situation. And uh, while I would not tell anybody to wait and, and pass this bite up, I got a sneaking suspicion that this is going to be one heck of a fall bite that probably goes into November. Depends upon how much rain we get as a result of the El Nino and all of that, and how much storm uh, uh, storm situations we get. But man, it just looks like it's setting up for a fall to remember. But right now, fishing is great on most days. It's outstanding. You are so correct to point out that there has been some really tough days. In fact, the Toronado. I haven't heard from Ray today, but yes. Had two blue fin and two yellow fins for the entire day. So we're talking about this great fishing, but you so appropriately pointed out that there are times where there's some slower scores. And I'm not picking on the tornado. Everybody's had days like that, and we see that even in this magnificent bite of 2015. We're seeing those with some of the counts, but I know you mentioned it, uh, Phil, but I thought it was a typo. But, you know, you recall the time when you say, hey, let's go out on the twilight trip we're gonna it's gonna be nice and cool and maybe we can scratch up some sand bass or something like that and and then you look at the uh, the new seaforth on the half day twilight trip so far 69 yellowfin tuna on a twilight trip i mean can you beat that oh it's incredible i believe it's his afternoon half day trip but you're right it is incredible fishing it's really close and you can see this warm water, 73 to 75 degrees, about 11 miles from Mission Bay. 
see it off Carl's head. You see all of these fish in this life. And, man, it's incredible to see these fish come flying out of the water and the white turns picking. And it's just that there is so much life and so much unique and different fish off our coast that it's just a year to get people out there and get your kids out there and enjoy this whole thing. And, you know, I, I did a, an event on the Huntington Beach Pier over the weekend on Saturday. John, I emceed the, um, the Huck Finn, Betty Thatcher, Kids yeah. Fishing Derp. And there were some guys behind me, uh, guys that were fans of our Spanish radio show, Victor. And Victor, man, I'm telling you, he had these giant spot fin croaker. He had like three of them. And he was just really all over the Sargo. And I'm watching this thinking, man, it's even here on the pier where they're catching all this stuff. And I, I had a hard time concentrating emceeing that thing with that fish biting like that. I mean, I wanted to grab one of the kids' rods and catch one of those big spot fins. You know, that's, a, that's an amazing event. Wendy and I worked that with Captain Ron way back when several times, and that was, that was just fun. But I'm waiting to hear somebody hangs a tuna off the pier, one of the piers. Oh, heck yeah. I think it's going to happen off of uh, 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 Crystal Pier over here because that seems to be the closest to getting some yellow. They're getting some yellowtail off there right now. So yeah, yeah, the, the tuna can't be that far behind, but... You know, on the Rod and Reel radio site, we also posted the results of a um, a, a fishing event out of uh, Washington State where one of the teams caught 72 albacore. And yeah. then there is also one of the fellas congratulating his dad for catching an albacore off of Vancouver Island. So it seems like uh, the bite all up and down the coast isn't too bad. Uh, it does seem so special right now. Man, I'd love to get up there and catch some of those long fins. And I know I got a, an email. I haven't opened it yet. I need to check it out here. But I got a, a, an ex-student of mine, a kid that was a student of mine when I taught high school at Bishop Montgomery High School. And he was fishing up in Vancouver and said, fishing's great. I'm sending you some photos. So I'm going to check that out and see if he's going to bring me an albacore or two. But you're right. I mean, everywhere you look, it's phenomenal. Talking to Sean Morgan, my good friend who ran the Icon for so many years, and Sean has had – Huge days on the Marlin. And the other day, John, he was coming back, and, and Stan Wendy, you'll love this, and so will everybody who's listening. He's coming back from the Marlin trip, and he's three to five miles off Point Furman, and there's nobody there. And he said, he called me up, and he goes, I am looking at football fields of yellowfin tuna flying out of the water, cartwheeling. We just had a kelp and picked two Dorado off a kelp. We're three to five miles off Point Furman. There's nobody here. And there's so much yellowfin in Dorado, it's mind-boggling. And, man, talk about a tease. That guy was driving me crazy with that. But that's exactly what we are talking about. You just don't know that. That tuna off the pier, I don't think it's out of the question. I don't think Stan thinks it is or anybody else. I think that's probably going to happen this year. It's really, really phenomenal. Uh, well, you know, It's going course, back to 1920s before since that's happened. But that would be fun. You know, Stan, we are getting big yellowtail and tuna just right outside of Whistler Buoy from the entrance of San Diego Bay. So uh, it leads me to believe that, hey, given the right presentation, a tuna off the pier may not be uh, uh, that unreasonable uh, a request. Hey, Phil, you know, I, I know you're busy and everything like that. You're doing a lot of things, but if people want to catch up with you, Catch up on your blog, get uh, one of your sound bites. How's the best way to go about doing that? Hey, John, it's really easy, and thank you so very much. You can go to www.pfomedia.com. 
and get all the very latest in fishing and videos and listen to our radio shows and so much more. You can also visit us at PFO on Facebook. And for our Spanish-speaking hermanos y hermanas who want to listen to us, we are on AM 690 Friday nights at 9 p.m. and Sunday mornings at 6 a.m. with the very latest in the outdoors emphasis on fishing in Espanol. And, of course, you can visit us on Facebook at Aventuras al Aire Libre on Facebook also or www.aventurasalarelibre.com. All that and a big week ahead. And, man, John, it just can't get any better. Or can it? I bet it does. Uh, You know what? It can get better if we all can get out of the water and go fishing. That's the only way you can do it. Wendy's the one that's beating us to the water. She is really putting it to them. You know, it's a horrible job, but somebody has to do it. (laughs) (laughs) Atta girl. All right. Hey, Phil, thanks a lot for a great report. Always appreciate it, and, and we'll be looking forward to not only speaking to you during the week, but next Sunday night on Rod and Reel Radio. John, are you kidding? It's always such a pleasure to be on Rod and Reel Radio. My very best to you and all your loved ones, and same to you, Stan, Wendy, and all the great listeners out there in Rod and Reel Radio land. Thank you so very much. Have a great evening. Great. Thank you, Phil Friedman, the voice from PFO Radio. Hey, uh, that's it for this segment. Stay tuned. More to come. The California Inshore Report with Captain James Nelson. Let's find out what's happening in our local inshore waters we got to take a break right now. We'll be back right after these messages. Angler's Arsenal is the serious angler's first choice for hand-poured plastics. McCoy line, Spro products, Gamakatsu hooks, G. Loomis fishing rods, Shimano products, Ovid reels, and just about anything you hear advertised on Rod and Reel Radio. Go to anglersarsenal.com and visit our online tackle store. See the huge selection of Western Plastics hand-poured baits, all at anglersarsenal.com. Angler's Arsenal tackle store is conveniently located in La Mesa, just off Interstate 8. Give us a call at 1-800-428-8730. If you're serious about your fishing, choosing the right tackle is one of the most important decisions you'll ever make. Iserline makes premium fishing lines including monofilament, Dacron, Spectra, fluorocarbon, battle-tested harnesses, and top-angler-tested Iserline tools and accessories. Iserline premium fishing products are created to provide you with the ultimate in strength, dependability, durability, high abrasion resistance, low stretch, and high quality. All Iserline products are 100% guaranteed against manufacturing defects. You just can't buy better value. Iserline will replace or repair at their option. No questions asked if you're not pleased with any of their product. Catch what you've been missing. Quality guaranteed. Every serious angler knows that a quality hook is an important part of their arsenal. Gamakatsu hooks are made from high-grade carbon steel, specially heat-treated to make them light and extra strong but not brittle. Gamakatsu ring hooks are made with a one-piece ring, no welds, no weak spots, a very smooth moving ring. Gamakatsu offers a huge variety of hooks for all types of fishing. Live bait hooks, both light and heavy duty to four extra strong. Circle hooks, Tuna hooks, ring to hooks, tuna doubles, and many more. Don't waste your next fishing trip on a cheap hook. Get Gamakatsu hooks at your favorite tackle store now. My Angler H2O. I will scent my lure with pride. And hope my boss doesn't notice the tan. I will outmaneuver drought-exposed sunken boats and outlast the hard-fighting largemouth bass. I will save water at home for better fishing out here and always Always wear my life jacket. What's your H2O? Tell us at BoatCalifornia.com. The California State Parks Division of Boating and Waterways reminds you to wear it, California. 
This portion of Rod and Reel Radio is brought to you by the Rockley's Fish Release System. Now you can quickly and easily release fish suffering from barotrauma back to the depths they were caught. Look or ask for the Rockley's at your local fishing tackle dealer. Hey, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Rod and Reel Radio. Stan Vandenberg's with us tonight. So is Wendy Toshahar. Wendy's just back from a fishing trip. We're going to try and get in a little report on what happened with her. We hear that Stan, he's, she's fishing the ABA Tournament of Champions. That's pretty good. So we'll hopefully get a chance to talk about it a little bit more. But right now, it's time for the California Inshore Report with Captain James Nelson, the fish icon. Captain James, welcome to Sunday night. What kind of a week has it been for you? Well, great, great having you back. It's been uh, it's been really fantastic, John. It's nice to hear the whole crew on the show tonight. Well, yeah. you know what, boy, it, it it takes it takes a full crew to make a great show, and I, you know, we got it here. So, and you're part of it too, Captain James. And I've been following you on Facebook like I do every week. What a great week it looked like you had. It's been a fun one. You know, we've been out there, we've been uh, chasing fish around, we've had uh, a some really good moments, had some frustrating moments. I'm beginning to think tuna just don't like me. But uh, I, I, And then I'm thinking, well, maybe it's that leopard shark on the side of the boat. I don't know. Because we had some yesterday, John. <laughs> I tell you, they were so on that salary bite, and they're just up under the boat, slapping upside the boat, looking at us and just laughing and not biting. And it was just, you know, enough to make you want to go yellowtail fishing. So that's what we did. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know... Jim, that, that really isn't a bad alternative, especially when you get results. And I saw some of those results you had. You had one of your clients there that stuck themselves a real load. Yeah, there's some monster yellowtails out there. What's really funny, too, is, you know, when we resign ourselves to go yellowtail fishing, I got that 22-foot skeeter. That's a, that's a comfortable skiff, but it's so funny that when you resign to saying, okay, let's stay local in the kelp, you get this lake-type water out there, super glassy, calm. But when you decide you want to go 10, 15 miles offshore, suddenly you've got mixed swells and you've got 20-mile-an-hour winds. I don't know what it is. <laughs> and then you got tuna laughing at you. So, ah. <laughs> you know, I, I don't know. How many, how many jokes do you see on the Internet where uh, the day you have off, it's calm. The day you want to go fishing, all hell breaks loose. And it just seems to be... Uh, uh, Murphy's Law. It, it is, you know, but it, it's great. We take it with stride, and now is a great time because you can do that. You can just make adjustments uh, and just go do something else because uh, something else is just, just as fun. As, it, it's just amazing. I mean, right now, what kind of bite we've got, both local and offshore, and it's all about finding that magic kelp patty, that magic seaweed that's out there. You know, we're listening to to the radio yesterday, listen to guys talk back and forth, and there were a lot of guys going through the same situation to find fish that are all over and not biting, and then you got one boat that just got a load and came in by 8.30, they were done. So it's just, it's so funny. It's all about finding that right zone. You know, and you know, we were just talking about that before with Phil. Here we've got uh, uh, the, uh, the new Seaforth is the uh, evening half-day boat uh, out of Seaforth, They've got a 69 yellowfin tuna, and I think they have one of the best counts of just about any of the boats in the fleet. And here they are, the half-day boat in the afternoon. So uh, 
you just get on it, and uh, sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. Yeah, and that's amazing. And I think that's, for us fishermen, that's what keeps us coming back, because we know that any day, at any moment, at any time, that's that's going to be magical. And and that's what's fun, you know, because it is just a, a wonderful fishery right now. We're just blessed with the fact that we don't have to get passports and visas to go get exotic fish. There's plenty coming up to us. There's guys getting some Dorado off Carlsbad right now. I mean, that's just great, you know. <laughs> well, you know, now for those uh, fishermen that don't want to venture outside of uh, San Diego Bay or Mission Bay, uh, uh, you're still experiencing great fishing, let's say, in San Diego Bay, are you not? We are, John. As a matter of fact, the, the bay bass bite is just the best I've seen in a long time. And, uh, you know, the shark bites gotten a little gotten a little weird, but they're still there. There's, we're actually catching them in spots that uh, I normally don't because the way the water temperatures are, I'm just finding different temp breaks, different parts of the bay. And so we're catching leopard sharks out off Harbor Island where we, we never have. But now we're, now we're catching them off there versus below the bridge. And then yesterday, was not yesterday, the day before yesterday, I had a guy catch a bonefish in 20 feet of water on one of the little shaking sheds, the little Western plastic shaking sheds on a quarter-ounce layer. Yeah, no kidding. So, you know, yeah. it's just it, it's getting a little, little funky, but it's fun. <laughs> you know, this time of the year, too, uh, do you run into bonefish a little farther out towards the mouth of the bay? I mean, when I say the mouth of the bay, uh, I know uh, we've caught them in the past, uh, uh, you know, down by the Bally High and uh, off Shelter Island and, that, that always seems to be pretty far outside towards the mouth of the bay to catch them. Are you seeing that, or are they, they still scattered all over? They're, they're pretty much scattered. So, yeah, you can see them in those areas, but they're so scattered right now. They're, that's that's the, uh, the challenge that we have this time of year versus fall and winter, where the bonefish tend to school up and they, they're in the same jaunt day after day, where right now, you can catch them in one spot. You'll catch two or three, and then, you know, by that afternoon, they're somewhere else. So they're scattering. They're also eating different kinds of meats. I mean, this is the time of year we can catch them on anchovy pieces and squid, where normally we're always fishing shrimp. So we'll catch them on different kinds of meats, different kinds of situations, uh, even sometimes under bird boil. So you see birds dropping, and typically that could be mackerel, bonita, even croaker, and you'll catch a bonefish, right? one out of the 20 casts, so it's weird. You know, our, our uh, good friend here uh, out of the shop, uh, Andrew Whitcomb, uh, he had a nice picture on Facebook uh, with a beautiful keeper halibut that he caught drop shot fishing off of a tube. It looked like it was off Shelter Island. Uh, uh, how's the halibut fishing been? Because I really haven't heard much about it, and maybe that's just because... Everyone else is uh, looking for something else. You know, uh, that's a lot of it, John, and that's and that's a lot of why this time of year it gets a little more challenging for me when it comes to bonefish or any other species, for that matter. That's that's uh, a bay target because you know I'm out in the kelp beds, you know, consistently. And out of the last what eight trips this week, I think I've only had two of them in the bay, and so it's just been one of those types of challenges where the guys that are always in the bay, the same guys with the kayaks, the tubes, or the small boats, you know, they're on those fish all the time. And and uh, whether or not they get, they get the medium to actually talk about it and brag about it, you know, that's 
we may or may not hear about it. All right. Hey, you know, I did mention a technique, drop shot fishing for halibut in the bay. And just quickly, Jim, could you go over that technique with us and, and what's a, a successful way to catch halibut like that? Oh, yeah, that, that's great. Yeah, because we've been talking about that one for a while, but it's it's nice to see it catch on. And I know you and I both know a lot of guys that are still not doing it, old-timers that just love the lead head thing. But what makes it so different than a lead head is the drop shot, just like in freshwater, the bait is actually presented a good inches above the weight. So the weight that's touching the bottom could be anywhere from 6 to 20 inches below where the lure is. And you use a weightless lure, just a single hook. Uh, some guys like rigging it weedless, just like you would in freshwater. But I like rigging it open hook because, you know, any little bite and that fish is on. And uh, a lot of times we're using either a fluke-type bait or any other type of jerk shad-type bait. You can use a tur- curly-tail grub, but just a straight inline bait works just as good. And, uh, and that's pretty much it. A lot of times I'm using 20-pound tests, and a lot of times I'm rigging up a swivel. So we're either tying mono or braid on the main line, but we're rigging a swivel to that 20-pound test where that drop shot's going to be on. All right. Well, Jim, it sounds like it's uh, fishing still on. If, uh, you know, I know your calendar is getting filled up, but if people want to look at your calendar or talk to you about going out there fishing, how's the best way to get a hold of you? Well, they could always reach me online, and I know there's that link on rodandreelradio.com, so if you go check that out, and you could always hear some archives. That's how I get to listen to the show. But (laughs) (laughs) you can always check that out, or try me at uh, 619. 395-0799. 395-0799. Before you go, let me let me ask you another question about this drop shot for halibut. Are you using any particular weight, you know, one better than another, and how far do you leave your drop normally? You know, that's a great question, Stan. I don't really measure it to the centimeter, but I, I'm looking at probably about 8 to 12 inches is, is usually fine. And the okay. whole concept of that just goes back to dropper loop fishing for halibut. You know, you talk to... Guys who have done that for years, like Captain Ron Baker, when they do halibut trips, he's always telling guys go dropper loop. And the reason being is because that halibut is always looking up. He's laying down there, he's ambushing, he's looking up, and you're putting the bait up. And uh, a lot of times we're using a one- to two-ounce torpedo-type weight. And uh, as far as the baits we're using, again, I like the straight inline-type shad-type baits, whether it be a fluke, uh, Western Plastics Jerk Shad, or even the, uh, they've got those, uh, Berkeley Gulp has a Jerk Shad, you know, those types of baits. I, I just think they, they work better. They, they tend to lumber above that weight a lot better. So when you bet, when you make your cast, if you made a long cast with that, the, the bait's closer to the bottom actually because the angle that you're on. If you're more vertical, it stays, stays, you know, fairly, whatever that eight inches off the bottom. Are you, are you fishing more vertical and then tapping the trolling motor or just going along with the drift? How do you fish that? Most of the time we're going vertical, and that's one of the benefits of it in my positions because I get a lot of folks that can't cast well, if at all, or maybe we're on a windy day where it's just better just to just drop it. And we're drift fishing anyway, so no reason to cast. You just drop it straight down. That way you know you're making bottom contact when that weight hits the bottom. Your line bounces back. You know you're on the bottom. Put it in gear. And you can do this with spinning gear. You can do it with uh, casting gear, whatever you prefer. All right. Pretty Captain cool James, stuff, buddy. 
Thanks a lot hey, for thanks. the great report. We look forward to speaking to you during the week, and I know we'll be speaking to you next Sunday night on Rod Real Radio. Hey, thanks again, guys, and Stan, congrats. <laughs> thanks. <laughs> hey, that's uh, James Nelson, the fish icon. Wendy, you were gone last week. You were on a, a special charter. You want to, you know, in the few minutes we have left in this hour, give us an idea of uh, what happened. Sure. You know, um, Valley View Casino, those guys are fishermen. They love to fish, and they actually paid and chartered the whole boat, um, the Jig Strike, Chuck Taft's boat, out of H&M Landing uh, for their customers. Not necessarily high rollers, but just their customers who wanted to go fishing. Nice. And so they invited me to go, and uh, the crew worked hard, the captain worked hard to try to find us fish. Um, we just had a tough day. Uh, we found a few patties and caught a few Dorado, but uh, that was that was it. But we all had a great time, and that's fishing. It's not catching. And everybody got along, and I'm going to go visit them again uh, tomorrow and go say hi and thank you. Oh, and how'd you find the jig strike, uh, Wendy? Because, you know, that's not one of the boats that we hear a lot about. You know, I've never been on it. It was a great boat. Um, it's at H&M Landing. It's a great boat for 18, uh, up to 18 people. The crew is amazing. The food is great. Uh, Cleveland can cook a ham, mean hamburger and a great breakfast. <laughs> that that would be great. Now, uh, you know, I know uh, that's one of the fine boats with uh, Sea Adventure Sports Fishing. Uh, I'm looking at chartering that boat also uh, in September. In fact, I'll probably be chartering it right after you get off the Legend uh, trip because you've got a trip coming up on the Legend here in September, too. I do. I have one coming up the 17th through the 19th. I believe I still have three spots available. So if anybody wants to jump on board and come fish with me, it's an Iserline-sponsored trip. Let's go fishing. I'll see you the 17th. I'll be back on that. I'm, I'm fishing the Top Gun 11th to the 17th. <laughs> Perfect. Man, I've, I've, I've got to get out in the water for sure. Now I've got a good friend, Pat Baszler, if you remember Pat Baszler. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, never, a 976 fight. He's coming on out from Georgia, and we're going to go out with Captain James Nelson. We're going to fish with him for a couple of days, and then uh, I'm not sure if we're gonna, what we're going to do because it turns out with uh, – Pat being out, uh, instead of taking a few guys out fishing, now we're taking a bunch of guys out fishing. And, and as we get more and more people that want to go fishing, we go from boat to boat to boat to boat. So I'm not exactly sure what number we're going to have, but when Pat comes out here, we're going to look forward to uh, going fishing with him and, and having a great time. And what do you think, guys? Uh, do you think uh, the middle of September there will still be some fish out there? Oh, it's horrible. Don't go. I'll go instead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You better everybody just go back to work. Wendy, and Stan, from what you hear, just quickly, these boats that are going out getting these great fish, I I think they're still staying in U.S. waters, and they're uh, just right off the uh, the immediate coast, are they not? Yes, they are. And you know what? I talk to a lot of people in the industry who keep track of this El Nino and and all all the fish. And they say that this is going to last for at least another three more years, three and a half years. So hurry up, get out there, update your gear. A lot of guys still have single speed. Get in there. You, you have a chance to catch a fish of a lifetime. Update your gear. Darn. Well, it's also going to be great for the landings and the boat owners because I know uh, a lot of those guys were suffering with boat payments when there just weren't any fish to be had out there. 
So it sure is good to be in a time of plenty. And, Wendy, let's hope it is for the next three years. That'll be awesome. I have I have what? talked to so many people that have just that haven't been even the bass fishing guys that go you know I just haven't been ocean fishing and they just couldn't take it anymore. One of them, Matty Newman, I Rod, a good friend, and he he I go you know you worked you worked in a tackle shop. You used to go saltwater fishing all the time, and and now you're not. He goes I couldn't take it anymore. I went out fishing one time. I got hung on those big blue fins. And he goes, the next week I bought a 15-foot skiff, and he goes, every weekend he's been catching those things, 60, 80-pounders, and using this new rods that he's trying to, he's testing out. He bought a couple of new uh, two-speeds because he didn't have them from, he's got a couple of Ovets now he's going <laughs> to test drive. He goes, man, I got his butt kicked on a 4 rod on the big end. And he goes, uh, he goes, I I would rather do this. And I go, duh, that's why I, you know, it, June, my heart turns to salt and go pull in big ones for a while and then go back to little ones a little later on. It's all fun, but there are numbers of people that are getting involved. The rod companies and reel companies and line companies have a hard time keeping up with the flow that's going so well with people coming in and buying and, and going out. So nothing but good for our industry and nothing but good for the fleet. And I foresee this going into November easily where there's a lot of fish around. I'm I can't wait to see what happens when we start getting the long-range boats going down for that big stuff. I mean, I mean the big stuff we had here, you know, that 100 to 200-pound stuff kind of moved off the area that was in. I heard it went to the Osborne and uh, has been off outside, but it didn't move completely away. It's still around. That stuff will pop back up again. So and if you have to go fishing for 20 to 80-pound fish on a half-day boat, I don't know what to tell you. Well, i got to tell you, we're running overtime, and Stan, you're going to have to pay the piper because we're cutting into Mike Falkstad's time. Oh, no! Hey, guys, we got a break right now. Before there was an Aaron Martins, before there was a Dean Rojas, there was one heck of a fisherman that came out of the West here. We're going to have him on next on Rod Real Radio. Mike Falkstad's going to be with us. Stay tuned. More to come after these messages. You can count on El Cajon Ford, as so many Southern Californians have for years. El Cajon Ford has the cars and trucks you can count on, like the all-new Fusion and Escape, Edge, Explorers, and more. And now, Fiestas with 38 MPG and Focus with 40 miles per gallon highway, plus C-Max Energy with up to 42 highway EPA estimates. El Cajon Ford has them now. Shop online at ElCajonFord.com. Choose from hundreds of your favorite F-Series trucks, too. El Cajon Ford knows trucks no matter what you're hauling or towing for a great weekend of fishing or for some fun in the desert now get special savings on every f-series truck in stock 150s 250s 350s at el cajon ford we have commercial trucks too including the all-new transit connect finally a commercial van with great mileage helping your business get moving again el cajon ford worth the short drive from anywhere in southern california broadway and east main and el cajon or online anytime anywhere at el H&M Landing is the most diversified sport fishing company on the West Coast. Serving the angling community since 1935, H&M Landing's name recognition and reputation for customer service is the best in the business. The H&M fleet provides the widest range of trip options and boasts the coast's largest open party fleet. For ocean fishing any time of the year, H&M Landing should be your choice for nearshore and offshore fishing. H&M is San Diego's most experienced sport fishing company, offering the best in half-day, three-quarter-day, full- and multi-day trips, and a complete schedule of long-range adventures. 
Call today, HM Landing, 619-222-1144, or visit their website at www.hmlanding.com for updated schedules and secure online booking. H&M Landing, the experienced angler's first choice in local and multi-day fishing since 1935. That's H&M Landing at 619-222-1144 or hmlanding.com. My Angler H2O. I will never use that fakey fluorescent pink bait or drag my hula popper through the mud. I will outmaneuver drought-exposed stumps, rocks, and submerged station wagons. And outsmart the ravenous river otter. I will save water by taking shorter showers for higher lakes. And I will always, always wear my life jacket. What's your H2O? Tell us at BoatCalifornia.com. The California State Parks Division of Boating and Waterways reminds you to wear it, California. Quantum Fishing's got something for everybody. From the smallest angler to the oldest veteran, we can get you out there fishing with the greatest reels on the market today. From the all-new for 2016 Icon PT to the Tour Mag to the brand-new redesigned Smoke Reel, we've got something for everyone in your family. Have some fun. Take a kid fishing. They're the future of our sport. Quantum, we are performance-tuned. You can get your Quantum products at anglersarsenal.com or anglersarsenal in the Mesa at 619-466-8355. Hi, this is BSS record holder Dean Rojas. El Cajon Ford helped me when I got started in my career and let them help you with a new F-Series Ford truck. And remember, nobody beats El Cajon Ford. And Southern California, welcome back to the second hour of Ron Real Radio. Hey, it is really a pleasure to have this individual on. Let me just tell you a little bit about him. He has qualified for both the Bassmaster, the FLW Cup, and 33 Western Classic events. He has won the U.S. Open three times. He is three times winner of the WN Bass Daiwa Cup Award, and he has earned more than a dozen Angler of the Year awards fishing out here in the West before there was a Dean Rojas, before there was an Aaron Martins, there was a Mike Falkstad, and he's with us tonight. Mike, welcome to the show. Hi, John. How are you? Hey, we are doing well, and you're on with Stan and Wendy tonight. Say, Guys, say hello to Mike. Hey, hey Mike. How Hi. are you doing, buddy? Hi, Stan. Hi, Wendy. Hi. You know, uh, Mike, it, it's just it's great to have you on the show you are indeed a Southern California product. You know, tell us a little bit about your origins of, of fishing here in Southern California and how it evolved to a more national scene. Well, I've been fishing since I was a little boy. I was crazy about it. Like uh, Jackson Palachek, to give an example, he reminds me of me. Uh, and uh, when I was 12, I fished San Vicente in 1953. That's when we started going down there with my dad. And uh, from there, I just kept fishing down in San Diego. Uh, that's probably basically where I learned how to fish. And then there was a Pisces Bass Club that started up, and Harvey Nassim was the president. And uh, in 1970 in Pisces, I met Al Tatum, and Ken Kruk was in there, who's still fishing. Um, and the, once in a while I run into Roger Dixon and George Nocta and Jim Patton and naturally Lunker Bill was in our club and we sort of had that tournament and then we fished against the San Diego Bassmasters and Southland and the different clubs we had in our uh, 
club tournaments, and uh, then all of a sudden in 1974, Oh, they started, got the idea. Western Bass uh, started a tournament circuit, and Harvey Nassim was the director. And uh, I think I won the first tournament in 1974 at Clear Lake. And then there was just uh, Northern Bass, no Florida Bass in there. And I fished uh, Western Bass, and then it was taken over by U.S. Bass in 1990, so from 74 to, ni- no, 1980, uh, it was uh, Western Bass to 1980, then 1980, 1989 was U.S. Bass, and one bass started in 1989. And from 89 to the present, I have, I think, 20 titles. Uh, Dobbins has 17, Murray has 11, Aaron has 10, and... Uh, here I am today. I went back and fished BASF, won a tournament back there in Florida. Uh, I went to the Bassmasters Classic, uh, got voted into the Bass Fishing Hall of Fame uh, two years ago, inducted into that, and then I got inducted into the uh, Freshwater Fishing Hall of Fame. And also George Kramer. He's one of the old-timers, but he was always a writer, and now he's fishing. And he was inducted into the Freshwater Fishing Hall of Fame in the writer category. Uh, so there's a lot of history, you know. Well, Mike, you weren't one of the first winners, but I think you won the, the third event in, uh, of the uh, of the One Bass U.S. Open. Uh, uh, it was a Western Classic, I think, at that time, and that had to have been a big win for you because at that time, that was the most prestigious tournament in the country. Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, it was uh, 1985, and the first one was uh, 1981. That was Greg Hines. Then it was Rich Tauber, 82. 83 was uh, Rick Clun. And 84 was Jeff Munson, and then I was 85. Wow. And that's pretty much when I won it in 85, that's what started my career as far as endorsement money. Before that, it was just product, and uh, so I was pretty fortunate with, uh, you know, receiving quite a bit of money. It paid for my fishing every year. I don't get any money now. I just get product now. I'm too old. They give it all to the young guys now. But, well, don't don't give uh, me that too old stuff. We'll get into that a little bit, a little bit later on. But in, in 1985... <laughs> Winning the U.S. Open was something because uh, there was prizes, and then in Las Vegas, it was really an event that took advantage of the glamour of Las Vegas at that time. Yeah, it was. When I won, I was on stage in the uh, Tropicana with all the show girls, and they presented me with my 50000 And uh, matter of fact, it's uh, odd I shouldn't probably say this, but the showgirls, when they're in the distance, they look so pretty. But when they're right next to you, they are tons of makeup. It's amazing how much makeup is on them. That's the only thing I kind of well, remember that, about them. That city is all an illusion, isn't it? <laughs> I guess so. Uh, but it was, uh, it was yeah, all you see is color. It was a highlight. What's that, Stan? So, yeah, from the distance, all you see is colors. <laughs> but still, it had to be the event that launched you and probably put you in the national prominence because at that time, U.S. Ba- you know, the uh, U.S. Open was 
was bigger than any Bassmaster Classic or anything else like that, and and the draw was was tremendous from the fishermen from the east. You you were fishing against all the big names right in your own backyard here. Yeah, we you know we had uh, Clun and Denny Brower and Hibbins and all the old timers. You know they're getting um, you know Martin Roland Martin. You know, so it was a big event. We'd have over 200 people, and it was very, very exciting. And then, you know, kind of faded away to where the guys from back east didn't come as much. You know, Gary Klein come all the time. He won once. Glenn's won two. Uh, yeah, it was, it's an exciting tournament. Well, it, 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 it has been. But, you know, you, like a lot of the fishermen, you know, you, you started going back east and, and feeding fishing BASS and everything like that, but you had an exe- an exceptional year with BASS one year. Tell us about that. Uh, you know, I really don't know. I just, uh, it seemed like every year I had back there, to me, was exceptional. Just fishing back there with those guys, I learned so much. Uh, I kind of held my own every year I was back there. And, uh, the second year, uh, when I made the Classic, that was very exciting, you know, going to my first uh, Bassmasters Classic. And then uh, when I won the Florida tournament, I think it was the third year. And then I didn't fish after that. You know, I either had to move back there uh, because of the traveling back and forth and that to do it right. I was getting burnt out. You know, the first couple of years, you're all pumped. Then it starts, you know, getting too. It's a lot of work going back and forth. So I decided to stay out here in the West. And now I'm sort of... Slowing down a little bit. I'm still fishing some FLW and the one bass open at uh, Clear Lake. And I was going to fish the U.S. Open this year, but I can't because I have a court uh, date that I can't miss and I can't change, so I can't go. So that's disappointing. And now I've been spending a lot of time fishing with uh, Al Tatum, who I think is one of the best fishermen in San Diego, if not the best. I know some of the young guys are hot, but... uh, Al's been fishing there for 45 years, just like me down there. Yeah, buddy. <laughs> He's a great partner. Well, you know, and uh, you know, you you come here to San Diego. You fished with us in the El Cajon Ford uh, Team Open many times. I, Al Tatum and Keith Gunzel won the first one in 1999, and then you two have been doing a great job. As a matter of fact, in this year's event. You actually won one of the days uh, of of the event, and you had a great shot for uh, uh, winning the uh, tournament in its entirety. Yeah, I know. We had it right there in the palm of our hand, but we couldn't close the door. Well, <laughs> Ritual Welch, you just couldn't beat him. <laughs> you know, well, you, you had a you, you had a first at uh, I think it was uh, at, at El Capitan with sixteen forty five, which was really fishing well right now and you you didn't do as well on the second day but you still showed a lot of these uh, young guys over here that you can you can do it because you came away with great money for winning a big fish money and uh, a big stringer of the day and everything else like that and still got yourself in, in the money which is something you always want to do yeah I'm, i i've been blessed in the fishing industry you know it's really been good to be you know and uh, these young guys are hard to beat. You know, they're fishing hard. They're smart. You know, they're learning everything. Uh, 
you know, when me and Al grew up with fishing, we had to kind of self-taught ourselves. You know, you didn't have all the info you have now. And these guys are just, you know, they're just hard to beat. I'm telling you, they are awful good, some of these guys. Mike, don't you think it's kind of, uh, it's, it's good because I'm still fishing. I'm a, well, let me preface this. I, when I got into the fishing industry, it was 1978 with a team from Ryobi and Contender and, L, and Vexlar Graphs and Locators, and I was one of the six guys on a team that was from the fishing industry in the West, from California. But I had been fishing, I started fishing against uh, Mike in uh, probably 78-ish or 77, somewhere in there, and started fishing the, the Western bass events and the stuff back then. I And he was kind of a mentor that he didn't know, only because the guys that were winning most of the money were all the guys that fished the structure outside, and everybody else was throwing baits along the shoreline, and it was him and and. Bobby Garland and, and Larry Hopper and all the guys, you know, that were the jig fishermen that I kind of took my style from. And you see the guys going down the bank and then the, another group of guys on the outside. And, and uh, the guys like Art Price and some of the other guys that fish jigs, you know, that was where my style came from. And his, uh, Mike, you did a great job of, of teaching without really teaching me a whole lot, bud, but... But we fished against each other for a long time out there, uh, and and uh, it was a lot of fun. No matter what, I'm still fishing. But don't you think now that these young guys that are out here are their creativeness and and what they're doing? Are you, do you think you learn a little bit from that? Because I know I still learn something every time I go fishing. And, and some of these young guys are just brilliant in the little techniques that they come up with. Yeah. No, I, I'm st- I still learn, but it's kind of like. Us older guys say, like me and Alan, you're kind of out of the loop. They've already done something for a year before you catch on to what's happening. You know, we're just not in that little clique and where we used to have our clique, you know, kind of our little group that we talked yep. to and was innovative with things. And, uh, you know, the thing is, is a lot of them are total power fishermen now. Yeah. It's just a different world out there. And then uh, they throw the swim baits, have a lot of confidence, and they get a few big fish that way. I agree. Mike, we got to, we've got to take a break right now. Can we ask you right. to stay over for another segment uh, and sure. talk more about uh, some of your accomplishments? Okay. All right. Hey, Mike Falkstad right. is with us with Stan and Wendy. This is Rod and Real Radio on AM 540, or you can listen to us at rodandreelradio.com. Stay tuned. More coming up with Mike Falkstad after these messages. Gamakatsu hooks are made from high-grade carbon steel specially heat treated to make them light and extra strong but not brittle. The Gamakatsu sharpening process is the most modern in the world and results in a perfectly conical point that is unequaled in sharpness. Gamakatsu offers a huge variety of hooks for all types of fishing, drop shot, extra wide gap, worm hooks, finesse wide gap, and a lot more. Gamakatsu has a hook for whatever style of fishing you want to do. Don't waste your time on a cheap hook. Ask for Gamakatsu hooks at your favorite tackle store now. 
H&M Landing is the most diversified sport fishing company on the West Coast. Serving the angling community since 1935, H&M Landing's name recognition and reputation for customer service is the best in the business. The H&M fleet provides the widest range of trip options and boasts the coast's largest open party fleet. For ocean fishing any time of the year, H&M Landing should be your choice for nearshore and offshore fishing. H&M is San Diego's most experienced sport fishing company, offering the best in half-day, three-quarter day, full, and multi-day trips, and a complete schedule of long-range adventures. Call today, H&M Landing, 619-222-1144, or visit their website at www.hmlanding.com for updated schedules and secure online booking. H&M Landing, the experienced angler's first choice in local and multi-day fishing since 1935. That's H&M Landing at 619-222-1144 or hmlanding.com. Hey, everybody, this is a message for our listeners from a new Baja Magic Lodge at Cedros Island. Cedros Outdoor Adventures wants to make your dream of fishing Cedros Island a reality. Want to go after giant calicos or yellowtail with the best Cedros Island fishing organization, but you just don't know who to contact? Then give Cedros Outdoor Adventures a call at 619-793-5419, or even better yet, log on to their informative website at cedrosoutdooradventures.com. There you can visit their trip calendar and schedule a trip that's convenient for you. Once again, the phone number is 619-793-5419 or their website of cedrosoutdooradventures.com. Captain Chris Randall from Chief Sports Fishing. And Captain Chris, tell us about what's happening on the Chief now that the tuna season is upon us. It's here and it's time to go on the Chief. For those of you who are not familiar with the vessel, she's an 85 by 24 deluxe sport fisher that offers a wide variety of open party trips ranging from one to five days in length. We're also available for private group charters. The Chief's onboard anemones include a fully remodeled galley with comfortable seating for 25, twin flat screen TVs with hundreds of movies, two roomy indoor heads with fresh hot water showers, stateroom and open berthing areas, an impressively large deck area, 200 scoop bait capacity, we have twin six ton spray brine fish holds to keep your catch fresh, and our professional courteous crew will go the extra mile to make your trip a memorable one. To view our schedule, log on to H&M Landing at www.hmlanding.com or feel free to give them a call at 619-222-1144. You can also follow us on Facebook. Facebook and at our webpage at chiefsportfishing.com. Hi, my name is Dennis Green, and I always love to talk about fishing. When I want the real information, I go to Rod and Real Radio. Those guys are who I thought they were. And welcome back to the guys who are what you think they are. Stan Vandenberg, Woody Toshar, and myself, Hopalong John Cassidy. We're here tonight. With pro angler Mike Falkstad, and we're talking about uh, some of yesterday's fishing and some of today's fishing. And, and Mike, one of, one of the questions I want to ask you, you just came off fishing Lake El Capitan. You had a great bag. You, you won that day's event on that lake. Does that lake fish a lot different than it did, let's say, back in the 1970s? Are, are the spots still there? No, it fishes totally different. The uh, structure spots that we all knew that we only knew by using a flasher, now everybody can find them and they get pounded. Everybody knows the rock piles and everything. And so uh, actually um, Al and myself, we kind of don't fish that stuff too much. We may hit a few of them, 
now and then, but they, they are not like they used to be. You know, you used to could fish them and they weren't bothered and there'd be a lot of big fish on them. Um, but it, it's a different different world out there now. And so we have to search around and figure out some different things to do to catch our fish. You know, many years ago we had uh, Al Tatum on the show with us and uh, he was uh, uh, fishing at that time. He and his partner were just ripping up the uh, uh, the tours. And I think one of the things that Al said was, was very poignant. He says... He goes and looks for spots that just no one else is going to fish. And he'll keep on fishing and looking for those spots till he thinks he has enough to win a tournament. And obviously, that is still a formula that is working out well for him and, and for you guys as a team. Yeah, no, that's, that's kind of what we do a lot. Do a lot of fishing, a lot of looking, a lot of metering. Yeah. And um, then a, a couple of years ago, uh, I was the uh, the waymaster for uh, one bass uh, pro event on Lake Havasu, and you came in at that time with a record two day bass over there at Lake Havasu. Uh, that's another lake that you've been fishing for a long time. T- tell us uh, tell us your feelings about that lake over the years. Well, Havasu used to be back in the seventies when Western bass used to fish there, and even when uh, one bass fished there. Uh, in the 80s and so forth, it was really, really a tough fishery. And then when they started installing the habitat around all over the lake, then give a place for the, you know, the fry to hide and so forth, and there was more feed, and all of a sudden, then they got the smallmouth going in there, and it's actually a great fishery now for smallmouth and largemouth because there's plenty of feed. Other than that, before the structure was put in there, there there was no place for anything to hide. You know, it was just pretty much barren and rock. And now also there's grass in there now, which we have grass in all our lakes. There didn't used to be any grass in any of our lakes. So that's helped out all our fisheries. And then, you know, for years you've been fishing uh, at Lake Mead. You've seen Lake Mead uh, uh, six feet above full pool, and now I don't know what it's down. It's... Uh, it's down well over 100 feet, 134 feet. How, how about fishing over there? How's, how's that uh, fishing changed over the years? Actually, the fishing at Mead is better. Um, back, I started fishing Mead in 63, and that's when they started uh, lowering Lake Mead and filling up Lake Powell. And as they lowered the water, it became where there was just nothing but rock, you know, no brush, no nothing left. And then the stripers started taking hold in there. The fishing game put the stripers in, and they kind of ate up uh, all the kokanee salmon. It used to have big rainbow trout in it, and uh, that all stuff all disappeared. And the fishery just become very poor fishery. It was hard to go out there and uh, catch any fish when you got into about the 70s. And we used to go in 63, 64, and you'd catch 30, 40 fish, a few five-pounders, but a lot of three-pound fish. And that all just changed. Now with the grass in the lake, the lake has grass in it, even though it's way down, uh, there's probably no brush at all, but there is grass, and that has really helped that fishery. And actually, it's better fishing now than what it was maybe 15, 20 years ago. So, and go on. Go ahead. Well, that's about the extent of it. The fisheries changed. Uh, 
you know, still the stripers kind of leveled off, and the two, the large mouth the, of the stripers, they just uh, kind of get along. The fishery has changed considerably with the introduction of the the smallmouth bass over there, and we we won't get into the, any of the stories on how those the smallmouth were introduced there, but do you think that is going to change the complexion at all of uh, uh, Lake Mead? Oh, absolutely. Uh, the catches of Lake Mead are probably 50-50 now or close to it. And uh, if they just had a little more feed at Mead, then it would really explode and the weights would go way up. But it, the smallmouth have helped the fishery at Mead because now when you go fish this tournament, you catch some smallmouth and some largemouth. And if you were just fishing for largemouth, it would be a little tougher. You know, you wouldn't catch as many fish. But uh, the fishery seems to be doing okay. It's not great, but it's okay. Well, you know, that fishery started, I mean, in Lake Powell they had the smallmouth years ago, and, and and that fishery kind of took off. It wasn't, they weren't big, but there was a lot of small fish in that grew. It didn't <laughs> really come into play in until they started flooding that the river out there, and, and, and uh it it became a fishery in Lake Mead, and, it, and it's in the Colorado River. It's going to go downstream no matter what. But Terry Foreman was talking about putting the fishery involved in in the planting of that uh, smallmouth into Havasu and creating a, a habitat for that fish, and it's really taken off at Havasu big time. But it's really taken off across the board on all of the Colorado River. Right, that's correct. Yeah, they're all they're all fishing pretty darn good. Havasu's number one now. Powell's you know, even better than what it used to be. Mike, you brought up a, a, an interesting uh, a statement that one of the first events you won was at Clear Lake, and that was at a time when there were no largemouth bass, and they, they were northern. Tell tell us about the the transition and and the way uh, you know fishing that lake has changed over the year because. You know, according to all of the elite fishermen that I talked to while the, the BASS was uh, out here, man, they they would die to be able to go fish Clear Lake because, uh, you know, the stories you hear about it. But you won a tournament over there way back when. Uh, tell us about that lake. Well, 1974, if I want to think the dates right, is when I won the tournament, I had like, I think, 44 pounds or something. Uh, for 10 fish, it was all uh, largemouth bass. I mean, uh, yeah, northern largemouth. And, uh, I mean, that was a great day, a great two days for that uh, lake at that time. If you could catch 20 pounds a day or 15 pounds a day, that was good. Now, since they introduced the Floridas in there, and then with all the grass getting in the lake over the past years, the fishery has just exploded. It's one of the best fisheries in the nation. And uh, now a common bag is 25 pounds. And it's not unusual for somebody to catch 40-some pounds a day. And they catch a lot of 35-pound stringers. It is just chuck full of 5-pound fish. It's unbelievable. It's an awesome fishery. And, and has the technique. I know uh, a lot of fishermen are using swim baits over there uh, when you were fishing it, what were some of the techniques that were dynamite on the fish there, and and the techniques that will still can still be used today to catch you know some of the great fish that are there? Well, back when I won the tournament in the 
early years when we used to fish, it was uh, pretty much jigs was the deal. I caught all my fish on jigs. Sometimes you'd catch them on a queen scoundrel, if people know that name of that worm. A purple one was a good color. And a Texas rig. And that was about it, a little bit of cranking. Now, you know, it's pretty much swim baits dominate because you can throw them all day. And if you get five bites, you're going to get five big bites. You know, but you've got to have the confidence to stick with it all day and know where to throw it at the lake. And then they had the, you know, when the Alabama rig come out, that was red hot there for a year. Now it's faded way off. It doesn't seem to fool them. It's like any new bait that comes out on the market that the bass seem to like. And they kind of catch on to it after a year or two and then it just becomes the same as all the other baits. So pretty much most of the guys now that finish high are pretty much fishing swim baits. Once in a while when the fish get tucked in the grass, you can pitch jigs, you know, with the craw on them, or some type of craw trailer, and that that's effective. But other than that, you know, drop shots sometimes will catch you your fish, but, you know, that generally isn't going to win. And then, and then finally, your induction into the Bass Fishing Hall of Fame. Just what kind of a moment was that for you? Oh, man, that was... Really awesome. It was in Oklahoma at the Bassmasters Classic back there. And the big awards ceremony, you know, and not to mention a lot of names, but like Hank Parker and people like that that I used to know when I fished back there in 89 and 90. Paul Elias and them, they were, you know, there. And it was just, you know, it was just cool. I was friends with Kevin Van Dam, and I got to see Kevin and, um, I couldn't ask for anything better in my career. I just can't, couldn't hardly believe it at the time that I was inducted into the Hall of Fame. I just never felt I was that deserving, although it was wonderful, you know. But I, I don't know. I guess now that my age and I look back at my career, I guess I have done a lot in bass fishing, you know. Well, you've done, so, you've done a lot for bass fishermen, too, because... Uh, so many guys have wanted to emulate you and be like you, and, and you've been uh, a great role model for, for all of us. And, and now that you're in the stage of your life where you have nothing to prove, you're not hanging it up by any stretch of the imagination. You're still ripping it up on a regional uh, basis here with National Bass and WON and, and uh, uh, the Elkhorn Ford Series, and, and you're still I think you still have intentions to have, fish FLW out here, don't you? Yeah, I mean, I still, I've, I've kind of got to where I've gone back to my roots. My roots were in San Diego. I am back fishing in San Diego. I love fishing down there. It, you know, it's simple for me. I stay at Al's house a lot, so I don't have to have a hotel. So it's just gas money, and I still get to go down and be competitive and see a lot of old friends. And uh, common camaraderie is, is great in the you know, the new fishermen like uh, Kevin Nolling, Nolling, I think how you pronounce it, and Nerling, then yes. and, uh, Clayton Belden and Tom Leadham. You know, I kind of watched them. I know there's some other good fishermen, but I, they're very noticeable to me. You know, these these guys are great fishermen. You know, they I have a lot of respect for them. I, I kind of watch them, trying to learn from them a little bit. I've learned a few things. You know, Kevin... Um, this helped me out a little bit. 
I mean Clayton, I don't mean Kevin, I'm sorry. Clayton Belden has helped me out, him and Paul Leader. Well, Paul Leader's one that's done a lot for bass fishing, too. Uh, Paul's sure. one of the older timers. You know, but it's also got to be satisfying because you get young fishermen that are coming up like uh, Jackson Palachek, as we talked about, uh, that I don't want to talk about the age difference, but, uh, you know, there's there's a couple of decades there in between uh, <laughs> you and uh, and Action Jackson, and this is still a young fisherman that knows you, that is familiar with what you're doing, and wants to learn from you. I mean, uh, it's got to be a great tribute to you, uh, Mike. Yeah, it really is. It just, you know, it, it's so nice. You know, I get a lot of nice compliments and things, and I really hold them dear to my heart. It makes me uh, feel real good, you know. I, I just don't look at myself as being that great, but I've done okay, you know, and so it's awful nice. I mean, I couldn't ask for anything better. You're being real modest. Now, just quickly, the sponsors that have stayed with you all these years and that you've represented really well on the water here. Well, Ranger Boats, I've had, uh, I think, 39 boats now. I've been with Ranger ever since 1974 when I won. Um, Clear Lake, and that's when I met Forrest, and then I stuck, got involved with Rangers. So I've been with them all those years. And then Mercury, I've been with them about 20 years. And then I got uh, Robo Worm. Naturally, they make the folks dead special, so I've been with them, gee, I don't know how long, maybe 15, 20 years. And then uh, Daiwa, 12 years. And Seagar uh, Line, maybe three or four years. And then Angler's Marine has always been the marine dealership that's always worked with me and helped me in rigging my boats and stuff. Other than that, I don't have anybody else, you know, and they, I pretty much have somebody and just stay with the one person. I don't switch around much, you know. And they've all been good to me, so. Well, you know, fishermen out there, if you're fishing any of the local tournaments here in Southern California, you're going to be seeing and fishing against Mike Falkstad. Go up and say hello to him and congratulations. Congratulate him on a great career, but watch out. He's sneaky because he's waiting to take your money and finish first in that event. <laughs> hey, Mike, we appreciate you being with us, and congratulations for right. doing so well in the Elko and Ford Team Open. Okay. Thanks, Wendy and Stan and John. Take care, Mike. I'll be in touch. All right. Okay. Bye-bye. All right. Thanks for joining us. Pro, uh, pro Angler Mike Falkstead, man. That guy, I don't want to. I don't want to give away how old he is, but I got to tell you, he has been around for a long, long time. He's still competitive, still out there fishing, and still has that desire, which is great. Hey, Stan, Wendy, and I, we're going to take a break right now. Coming up next, Wayne Cotto will be with us. He's going to be telling us about the Make a Wish uh, uh, Tuna Challenge coming on up here in the next week. So stay tuned. Still a lot more of Rod and Reel Radio to come.
Every serious angler knows that a quality hook is an important part of their arsenal. Gamakatsu hooks are made from high-grade carbon steel, specially heat-treated to make them light and extra strong, but not brittle. Gamakatsu ring hooks are made with a one-piece ring, no welds, no weak spots, a very smooth-moving ring. Gamakatsu offers a huge variety of hooks for all types of fishing. Live bait hooks, both light and heavy-duty, to four extra strong. Circle hooks, tuna hooks, ringed hooks, tuna doubles, and many more. Don't waste your next fishing trip on a cheap hook. Get Gamakatsu hooks at your favorite tackle store now. Hey, bass fishermen, who do you call for your bass boat insurance? Well, if you're not calling me at 1-800-BASS-BOAT for your boat insurance, you're probably paying too much and may not have the coverage that you need. In 1974, I developed the bass boat program that is what all the pros use today. The reason? No depreciation or any partial claim for your hull, your big motor, your trolling motor, or your electronics until your boat's 10 years old. That's right. You only pay $250 to get your boat on the water for any partial claim, and we still pay a stated value replacement cost for your boat if you have a total loss. We're the only people in the industry that does that, and that's why we are the choice of the pros. So if you want the best, forget the rest. Just call 1-800-BASSBOAT. Call one 800 227 7262 or just spell bass boat 1-800-BASS-BOAT I know there's too many letters but the T is free and the call's on me that's 1-800-BASS-BOAT the choice of the pros for bass boat insurance for more information log on to 1-800-BASSBOAT.COM my angler H2Earth like the mighty flounder I will keep one eye on the pole and the other watching for rogue waves I'll save water by taking shorter showers and enthusiastically celebrate talk like a pirate day. Aye. I will chat up the locals before launching in unfamiliar waters. And I will always, always wear my life jacket. What's your H2O? Tell us at BoatCalifornia.com. The California State Parks Division of Boating and Waterways reminds you to wear it, California. It's tuna time, and it's time to reserve your spot on one of the newest boats in the fleet, the 70-foot Sea Adventure 2 at H&M Landing in San Diego. It has a really comfortable galley that seats up to 24 passengers with all the comforts of home, including two big satellite flat-screen TVs and satellite phone. The huge new bait tank and slammer ensure plenty of bait for everyone, and two four-ton refrigerated fish holds, both RSW and blast-free, have plenty of room to keep your catch as fresh as the minute you caught it. Reserve your spot on the Sea Adventure to online at hmlanding.com or call H&M Landing at 619-222-1144. And Southern California, welcome back to Rod Real Radio. Stan Vandenberg's with us tonight. So is Wendy Toshihara. And you know what? Absolutely the biggest, most prestigious tuna fishing event. In Southern California, is coming off here in just a little while. It is the Make-A-Wish Tuna Challenge. And here to tell us all about it is one of the people from Make-A-Wish himself. You know him from uh, his work with the uh, Coastal Conservation Association, Mr. Wayne Coto. Wayne, how you doing today, sir? Hey, John. Hey, Stan. Hey, Wendy. How you guys doing? Good, good, good. Good. Hey, tell us how, how things shaping up uh, uh, this season for a uh, tuna event. Oh, you cannot ask for a better scenario. I mean, look at the tuna being caught. Man, if somebody doesn't win this thing with a fish over 100 pounds, I'm going to be shocked. I think this I have, is going to be the biggest tuna ever I've never caught been able to say that. in the last 10 years. You know, Wendy is saying that she thinks that this will probably be won by the biggest tuna maybe ever in the history of the event. 
I'm I'm in the same book with her. I mean, there's some years that we had the tournament. We were lucky to catch tuna. This year, the size of the tuna is ridiculous. I mean, the opportunity for any boat size, any crew to catch that big fish is right there. Wow. Hey, Wayne, give us some of the particulars of uh, of this event. What uh, what dates we're going to have to hit, and then uh, you know how teams get together and fish this thing. So it's a private boat tournament for the most part. We do have a charter boat division, so if somebody doesn't have a boat and they can pull some people together, they can charter one of the boats like the Josie Lynn um, and then go out there and fish the tournament. The tournament dates are August 28th for the captain's meeting. We have a uh, fish on Saturday the 29th, and then the banquet is on the 30th. Uh. Wow. You know, we have been to that banquet uh, many years in the past. We look forward to it because... Not only is it a chance to really honor and congratulate the uh, the people that have gone out and fished that tournament really well, but it's an opportunity to get in some raffles and win some prizes and donate money to a great cause. And not only that, the, the value that you get for your donation in many cases is pretty incredible. That is absolutely correct. I mean, what can we say? We've got sponsors like the San Diego Mazda dealers that donate a car to us. Uh, your choice this year is a Mazda 3, a Mazda 6, or a CX-5, or up to $25,000 towards whatever car that you, that you want in that category. We have uh, Job Site Supply come back on board as our title sponsor, and uh, they're going to be having a, uh, a Milwaukee contractor set up on the live auction, I heard. So you can't get a better deal than that. I just picked up a custom-made rod uh, by the owner of the Sea Call, and this thing is beautiful. Afco, uh, uh, extended black, uh, all roller guides. It's just gorgeous. But you know what? Not only do they have for the fishermen, but the Make-A-Wish Tuna Challenge has stuff for people that aren't fishermen. They have all kinds of nice um, auction items, whether it's live auction or silent auction items. It's unbelievable the stuff that are donated to this event and the hard work that, that everybody from the Make-A-Wish Tuna, Cha- Make Tuna Challenge um, volunteers get. That's absolutely correct. We, we go out of our way to make sure that it's a full event for everybody. If you don't fish, it's still a fun banquet, uh, live band, uh, the live auction, the silent auction, the progressive raffle, the food banquet is unbelievable, you know, just more food than you can ever have. What can I say about European cake? Uh, they, they always take care of our desserts every year. Um, yes. It's just an all-around event. It's fun. You know, Wayne, the, the thing is, is that the fishing's great. The camaraderie is fantastic. The, the prizes are good. Uh, uh, you know, you have a, a, a great award ceremony. But the main reason why you're having this event is to help grant wishes for kids. And tell us a little bit about where the proceeds for this thing go, and and where does that money go? 100% of our proceeds that we raise for the Make-A-Wish Tuna Challenge go towards the wishes for children. Those wishes are for children with life-threatening illnesses and their families. Um, And we only raise the money, and it all stays in San Diego for the children in San Diego. So you can't get a better opportunity to support your own local, uh, local people. Um, the, the Tuna Challenge has been going on for 26 years. 
Make-A-Wish, I, I actually don't know how long they've been around. But, I mean, you can't get a better cause. Um, this, to see the spark of what happens when a child goes on that wish, the opportunity that it provides them and the family to have a little bit of uh, help or good happen in their lives during such a trying time. Jen, I have firsthand knowledge of fulfilling a child's wish, and it is the most unbelievable, undescribable feeling and most rewarding feeling that someone can have, um, being able to put a smile on the child's face as well as the parent's face and all the relatives that, that end up enjoying the day with you. It's amazing, and it's a, it's a worthy cause, and I, I hope all of our listeners come on down to the Make-A-Wish Tuna Challenge and bid on items or fish tournament or, or just make a donation because it's a, it's a worthwhile cause. You know, Wayne, is there a, a way for individuals that maybe are without boats or to get onto a team or, or to get into this event somehow other than uh, – you know, getting a charter together and, and going out on one of the sports fishers. Do you, do you know, is there a vehicle for for a fisherman to contact fishermen and, and, and get this done? Um, we used to try to put a board together, uh, a blog board. Um, the best opportunity, I would say, is uh, start a blog on the BD Outdoors uh, Bloody Dex Forum because there is a Tuna Challenge, a Mega Wish Tuna Challenge uh, page now. And then underneath there, you can start a new page and ask if you've got a ride, because a lot of our, our uh, people come from that. Um, other than that, we really don't. We used to have a sports boat division, but it was so uh, cyclical on trying to fill those boats with the uh, single uh, riders. You know, and, and this year, with uh, the fishing being so good, it'd be tough to find a boat anywhere to go on, because exactly. everyone is packed. Yeah, I don't think we could have held a boat this year. Well, <laughs> But, but hey, the six-pack, there's usually the opportunity on the six-pack boats. Yeah. Hey, Wayne, you know, no, uh, and I, I know we weren't, uh, I didn't tell you we are going to talk about this, but another hat that you're wearing is you are the executive director for the Coastal Conservation Association, and uh, uh, I know you've had a chance since we last talked to you to have a couple of meetings. How's that going? It's going awesome. Uh, Wendy's also on the board of directors of that uh what this is is the fishing advocacy group for California, and we are starting it up. We're in our infancy right now. We did a little bit of a membership drive. Uh, we are in the process of starting our L.A. and San Diego chapters as we speak. Um, so anybody who has signed up in the past uh, for the CCA Cal, uh, we will be getting a hold of you uh, to, to start the membership and the uh, chapters. Um, we, are, we are working on a lot of different things at the same time. We are not waiting around. We are already in uh, talks with people to try to help out uh, expanding the artificial reef program up and down California. We are looking to expand the uh, hatchery program with Hub SeaWorld uh, Institute, Research Institute, uh, trying to get that next species launched. Um, we are talking uh, with all of the, you know, different regula regulatory agencies on different things that are going on uh, regulations-wise that are coming at us right now. Um, and it's just ongoing, it, you know. But the, the main thrust right now for us is to get these chapters up, get memberships up, go do fundraisers because the fundraising are the legs to the whole organization. So that, that's what we're uh, we're focused on a lot of things, but we're, uh, that one's the big one. 
Well, and you know, John, I have to say that Wayne is doing a great job. You know, he steps into the fire, and, <laughs> and he is moving fast. <laughs> Thank you. Well, That's Wayne, I know thing. you have a lot, a lot to do with this uh, Make-A-Wish uh, Tuna Challenge, you and all the volunteers that are over there. Uh, if people want to find out more specifics about the event, get some of the dates that, let's say, we haven't talked about, uh, get the particulars, uh, where can they go to get that information? They can go to tunachallenge.org. That's our website. Okay. And, and, and the event is being held at Silvergate Yacht Club on Shelter Island Drive. Now, I know you don't you don't let any opportunity to go fishing get by you. Are you going to be fishing that event, or are you going to be <laughs> yep. uh, helping it, or are you going to be doing both? Uh, both, but yes, I am. I am fishing the event. I got uh, I got the opportunity to uh, – Fish on a very nice shot this year again, and I cannot pass this up. <laughs> just, just to be able to go on the boat ride is a beautiful thing to not have to drive. So, well, I yeah. know you're, getting, you're getting a chance to go out there. How would you uh, how would you explain the fishing out there right now? I would say that I think people are overrunning the fish. Um, they have to have a lot more patience right now because it's not as concentrated as it was. But there's still a big body of fish between 6 and 10 miles all up and down this coast right now. Um, I see a lot of people trying to go offshore and look for that magic patty. I wouldn't necessarily think that you had to find it. I would be using my electronics a lot more uh, because there's fish there, and you're going to meter them and blow right over the top of them. Uh, they're just traveling too fast. They're not, they're not watching their electronics in a lot of cases. Um, the patties aren't as prevalent out there like they were, what, a month ago, I mean, they were, like, everywhere out there. Now they're a little more spotty, uh, but you don't have to have a patty to find the fish. Uh, there's other signs out there, um, and, and at different parts of the water column, the dorada are up at top, and the tuna are a little bit deeper sometimes. So. Wow. Well, Wayne, we thank you very much for being with us. We want to wish you good luck with the tuna challenge, and <clears throat> we hope to be seeing you at the awards banquet on August the 30th. It starts at 10 a.m., it's over at the Silvergate Yacht Club, and thanks a lot for giving us an update. And uh, get out there and get them, guy, okay? All right. Thank you, guys. Appreciate it. All right. Thanks, Wayne. Bye. You guys, that's it for tonight. Stan, uh, good luck. Yes, sir. You've got an event you're, uh, you're going to be involved in, huh? Well, yeah, i got a two-day tournament next weekend. That's uh, ABA Tournament of Champions, and we fish from uh Noon on Saturday till 6 p.m., and then on Sunday we fish from 6 a.m. to noon on the second day. So two separate styles of fishing. That's for dog on sure, and the fish fishing's gotten tougher and tougher with this heat wave. So it'll be an interesting thing. Uh, well, just we'll have to see what the temperatures do and how it affects it going into the week. We've had the hottest days of the year right now. If we get a little cooler weather going into the next weekend, it'll change fishing again. So, uh, well, we'll just adjust. I'm going to try to go tomorrow morning and again on Thursday to see what I can find, and and we'll go from there. I'll let okay. you know. And, Wendy, are, are you going to give uh, the fish a break here in the next week or so, or are you still going to stay on them? I am. I'm single for a while. Merritt's gone for a month up in Washington doing some research. So I'm single, so I guess I'll be doing housework. All right. Hey, and we want to congratulate uh, Aaron Martins for winning the Bassmaster Elite uh, event at uh, Chesapeake Bay. Going to try and get him on next week. So, guys, we've got a little overtime. On behalf of JR, Ben, 
always in memory of Big Tuna Bill, Eddie McCune. Thanks for listening tonight. I'm Hopalong John with Stan and Wendy. Stay safe. Go out there and get them. They're getting away. We'll see you on the water. We're out for now.